Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world, anyone from professional custodians all the way up to presidential candidates of international countries. One day, my big bodacious dream is to interview the top-level leadership of the nation that I was blessed to be born in and raised in, the home of the free, the the land of the brave, uh, the United States of America. I think it would be really neat for me because I always learn when I interview people and grow and mature. Um, And I also think it would be great for you, especially with the purpose of Move Happy, is to uh, help empower you to find happiness from within, whether you're depressed, diagnosed, whether you think you are about to be, uh, maybe you haven't gotten that doctor's appointment yet, but you know you've been feeling kind of sad and mopey and people try to cheer you up, you try to exercise, you try to listen to music, you try to do all kinds of things to, to snap out of it, but you just, you're struggling. Uh, the hope of this show is that this could be another toolbox for you. Um, and sometimes on the show I feel spirit-led to talk about topics from all kinds of categories, whatever I feel the uh, creator of the universe, which is my uh, deity, my belief system, uh, puts on my heart. And this morning as I was getting ready for the work day, creator said, I want you to talk about how neat you are. And so that's what the topic is today is how neat are you? N-E-A-T. You might be like, what? the heck is she talking about? Uh, If you are not driving, if you want to take some notes down, you might get a piece of paper out or a journal out and write down the things that stand out to you that you like, that you want to incorporate into your lifestyle and leave the things that don't work for you. It won't hurt my feelings if you don't take it all. Um, And if you know someone that is struggling perhaps uh, with depression. Maybe they've told you that they're going through uh, maybe a divorce or they have lost their job and they're looking for income. Um, Maybe they're going through a financial breakup with um, a divorce process, but also, you know, dealing with the financial stuff, lawyer fees, things like that. Um, Maybe they're doing some, like, court-ordered parental situations with kids, you know, there's all kinds of situations going on. Maybe they lost someone in their family recently and you want to send this episode to them. How neat are you? So uh, if you don't know my story, my kind of career history, my my first thing I did outside of high school, I went and got a degree at a little private university. It was five miles down the road. Didn't travel too far. <laughs> this, uh, this university was very well plugged into our school district, so we had done a lot of events there growing up. And uh, so it was just natural for me to just go there, and I decided that I was going to get a degree in physical education. Um, I thought, because I was a professional musician, performer, Um, I had already been paid for gigs and whatnot. I was doing college-level music in high school. Um, 
we had a very successful performing group. We got to tour around and we were ambassadors for our district all around the nation. We got to perform inside of Disneyland on stage for patrons uh, my senior year. Took first in every competition except for one uh, sophomore year. It was second place. Uh, that's because we had a bus driver that didn't respect us as teenagers and forced us to put our $600 dresses under the bus instead of allowing us to take care of them. And so we allowed that, uh, that experience of a bad attitude person to infiltrate our atmosphere. And so then we lost a little bit of focus, but still second place isn't too, too bad. <clears throat> and uh, we, we danced a part of this group as well. I wouldn't say that I have a lot of experience with dance. Didn't have a lot of dance lessons growing up. Um, I did one semester of hip hop, uh, or not semester, it was a summer. It was like eight weeks once a week with one of my dear friends in ninth grade. But other than that, um, didn't have a whole lot of dance experience. We would go down to Weed, California one week uh, right after school got out to the College of the Siskiyous, uh, because at this point, <clears throat> our choir director had been directing for, I think, 20-plus years. He had had his music company, which was the group I was a part of after school. He had had that established for quite some time, and he continued to want to up-level his professionalism because he loved to win competitions, and he wanted to prepare us for real life, uh, to help us be entertainers if we so desired, um, and to keep music and the arts as a part of it. Now, he didn't have a lot of dance experience, but he knew the power of movement and our visual <clears throat> attention span. Uh, if you listen to a choir, you, you might you know, pick up a few things, but if you see a choir moving on stage, you will remember it a lot more um, strongly in your memory bank. And so uh, we were blessed. Uh, he helped us fundraise money, uh, those that families that couldn't afford it, to uh, be able to go down and learn from the best of the best composers uh, and Disney choreographer. <laughs> uh, these were composers that uh, one of them I had on the show a few months ago, Roger Emerson, who has uh, published, I think he said, over 500 music pieces of art that are available for purchase. Um, Hal Leonard is a big name in the music industry as far as uh, books to use in school systems and whatnot, and he, he's the guy. He's the guy that you'll see his name on lots and lots of pieces of music all around the world. And I got to work with him, and I got to work with Kirby Shaw and uh, my friends and I that, were, that earned the right to be in this group. And so when it came time to get into college, I already had the musical skills. What I, what I believed I needed assistance on was getting more dance experience. And so I assumed getting a physical education degree that they would teach me dance. Uh, but it was more uh, sport focused, which is fine. And there was not a lot of cohesion in our <clears throat> program, in our department. 
the head of the department went on sabbatical and never came back. There was rumors that there was a bully on the team. Uh, nobody really knew the true story. We had substitute professor after substitute or instructor uh, that didn't have a PhD level because it was cheaper for the university to hire uh, <clears throat> master's level instructors or bachelor's level instructors. And so we had a couple of great professors. My advisor, Dr. McConnell, is phenomenal, certified CHES. Uh, she had a lot of health background, a former competitive gymnast. She was public about her struggles with mental health, encouraged us in college to seek it out if we needed it. Um, and then uh, the co-dean of our department, um, Dr. Hacker, you used to work for, uh, she was the sports psychologist of the U.S. women's uh, soccer team who took first in the world many times. Uh, she worked with uh, Paralympic athletes, uh, professional golfers, um, all kinds of professionals, and we got the honor to work with her. <laughs> to study from her. She kept her standards extremely high. And one of the things I learned from her classes was to get certified, nationally certified, through the American College of Sports Medicine. She had wisdom and insight. She worked with the top-level teams, so I listened to her advice because I liked working with top-level professionals. And she said to get certified through the American College of Sports Medicine. So money was a struggle when I graduated in December of 2008 because the economy was really terrible. And I graduated in the middle of the school year. So um, I started working for my first love. His mother um, owned, uh, he and I dated in high school and broke up, but we were still friends. Um, his mother owned a dispatching company for construction and they also did some rental rental of uh, construction equipment and whatnot and she I told him I needed help and that I needed a job and she created a role for me she said I need someone for HR could you do HR for me and could you do safety could you do safety presentations like a monthly PowerPoint presentation things like that and I was like, yeah I could do that um, and so I started doing work wellness, for the company um, and did a presentation. She let me do to all, uh, at that time, during their busy months, the, they had 50 employees um, and then they would lay them off in their slower season and then hire them back and whatnot. Well, um, I asked her if I could present on the benefits of exercise and movement as far as uh, work-based wellness and because I said there's a lot of research that says that they will actually work harder for you and uh, they'll call out sick less often and whatnot and she was like I'm interested in learning about this could you could you do this in an hour or less presentation I was like yeah so I put work and effort into it of course, with excellence, do all things with excellence. I had never done it before. I had never presented to adults in that fashion before, but she wanted to learn about it, so I, 
I put, I put my best in it from researching online current information, but also remembering from a lecture on it. I think it was just one lecture from Dr. Hacker's class and didn't plan on having uh, children be in the meeting, but some of the, <clears throat> the meeting was after their work hours and some of them picked up their kids from school and then showed up for the safety meeting that they were required to, to sign off on for work. Presented it to all the employees and at the end of the meeting, um, I did not know about a sales pitch and anytime you present to people, you have some sort of offering you need to give them because they are emotionally connected to you if you do a good job. Didn't do that. I just said, well, I hope you guys exercise more or something to that effect. Um, this was in 2009 spring, so uh, maybe February-ish. Um, so my memory is a little hazy on the details of the closer, closure, but I do remember not selling them anything. Did not offer or encourage them to do anything. But my boss was so impressed with the information, she in the following week, signed everyone up for gym memberships. Um, all of her employees paid for everything. That told me that there is power in presenting information, that, that I have a gift in presenting, and I tabled it. Tabled it. Um, <clears throat> going back to the NEAT topic, so what NEAT is is something that I had learned a few years later. I had gotten certified in the American College of Sports Medicine and went to their conference. They had their annual one. I love going and attending conferences because we learn so much from the new research and get to network with like-minded professionals and whatnot. And the keynote speaker that was a part of this, I don't remember his name, but you could easily Google it. Um, he was a part of the team. He invented the treadmill desk, <laughs> which is very cool. Um, lots of changes in the business sector um, have been happening because of that. He also was a part of the team for Apple <clears throat> that helped invent the accelerometer technologies um, you might have seen the Heart Health if you have an iPhone and the smartwatch technologies and whatnot. Um, so a part of the accelerometer technology, it's, it's an upgrade to a pedometer. If you know what pedometers are, they count your steps. The accelerometer technology is the next level up where they, talk, they uh, measure elevation as well. And so you're not just counting the steps, but you're counting how many calories um, this person is burning and most people leave their phones on them all day long unless you have a job where you have to lock it up um, but they were a part of the, the research and he spoke about your neat time which is your non exercise activity time <clears throat> so Exercise is pre-planned, intentional, um, something that you intend to improve in one of your areas of fitness, whether it be your cardiorespiratory endurance, your muscular endurance, your muscular strength, 
your flexibility or your body mass index. That is an intentional thing where you like, you know, set an hour aside or 30 minutes, you go walk to get to your cardiorespiratory endurance level, your target heart rate zone, things like that. But your neat time, this was something new as of this conference was, I think I went in, I think it was in the summer of 2015. And this is where they started getting all of those step wearables coming out, um, the Garmin watches, the, I forget the other brands, um, all of the technology companies started getting in on it because the research was so powerful and they wanted to cash in on it, right? Because the fitness industry is huge. And so now it's not just fitness for an hour workout, but you could wear it all day long and measure your activity time. So your non-exercise activity time is actually what the research demonstrated. It's actually more closely related and connected to disease prevention. It's where the saying uh, came from, and you might have heard it, maybe not yet. If you haven't yet, you will hear it soon. But sitting is the new smoking. So the sitting disease, being sedentary, being overweight, being obese, being in a job where perhaps you're doing remote work or you're having to sit in front of a computer and you're having to uh, not move a majority of your body, uh, what they've found is the, the lower your need time is, the higher your risk is for diseases like diabetes, cancer, heart disease, etc., etc. So you want to have more neat time. And it is physical activity time where you're moving your major muscle parts, major muscles like your quadriceps and your thighs, your glutes, your abdominal muscles, etc., etc. So they came up with this easy number across the board for people to set as a goal for the day, 10,000 steps. 10,000 is not an actual number that they found that everyone needs to have. 10,000 was just an easy number that they could send to the masses so that you could have a goal for yourself. But perhaps you just had a heart procedure where they cut your heart open. You, my friend, you should not be shooting for 10,000 steps a day. You should start by talking with your cardiologist and asking what's a reasonable goal I can set for myself. They might not even set a certain number of steps for you. They might do a certain number of minutes or measuring how out of breath you feel and doing the talk test. <clears throat> you might be an endurance athlete on the other end of the spectrum. You might have been training for a half Ironman or a full Ironman. Full is a full marathon that's 26.2 mile run or jog or walk, whatever. 3.1 mile swim, give or take. Some races have more, some have less. 
112-mile bike ride all in one day. You, my friend, you're going to get a lot more than 10,000 steps in a day. For you, if you hit 10,000 steps and you quit, you're not challenging your body to take it to the next level. So your neat time is non-exercise activity time that uh, can be a part of your work day. It can also be a part of your non-work day. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and your job is to uh, take care of your kids. So, and maybe you are doing some cleaning in the house and you're doing a couple of walks in the park with your kiddos. Um, the higher your neat time, the greater your chance is of not um, getting diagnosed with diseases. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get those things right because there's genetic factors, predispositions, are you a smoker, a non-smoker? Like, there's all kinds of things um, that can go into that. But what they did find and what's really powerful is that your neat time is more strongly connected than your exercise time. And it makes sense because if, you're, if you are walking throughout your day, for example, for your job, you have a lot of movement, a lot of steps in, your body is, think about it phys- from a physiological standpoint. When you're moving, you have to breathe more. So that oxygen coming in, well, oxygen gets transported through your bloodstream. So your bloodstream is now moving a little bit more. Now your blood also, in some parts of it, removes toxins out of the body. So essentially, when you're moving more, you're helping to remove toxins out of your body. And when I did my research in graduate school, I spent a year learning about asthma because I had been diagnosed. I was training for a marathon at the time, and I was running on the coldest day, they said, on record for that area. It was 17 degrees outside, and I ran for an hour in it. I had layered up. I had two pairs of pants on, and I had you know, a jacket on and um, a scarf, and I had gloves on, but I still was cold because the air I was breathing in was really cold, and so... Um, They had diagnosed me with asthma, and so I spent a year researching on it for my project, and I created uh, five songs and dances curriculum for it. It was supposed to be for fifth grade level. What I learned through that research is that movement, intentional exercise, walking more, Exercising more, doing specifically cardio exercise can actually help decrease the severity of asthma attacks. So how bad the asthma attack is. And also it can decrease the frequency, how many asthma attacks you have. So if you are concerned about <clears throat> the, uh, the pandemic or any you know, diseases that you're hearing about being you know, new vi- variant, variants, and it's a hard word to say, for whatever reason, variants, uh, different versions of the disease. Um, It's also cold and flu season. So if you're concerned about those kinds of things, um, if you can incorporate more movement throughout your day and doing a little bit more, right? We don't recommend going straight for the five miles if you haven't been exercising for a minute. There are recommendations through the ACSM. And I want to say this, I want to say it's like no more than 10 kilocalories per week added or 10, um, 1,000 steps or something like that. You can look it up online. Like, all that information is available to you. You can use the talk test, right? 
what some people do that have addictive personalities. My father passed that down to us. <laughs> uh, you do have to have a little bit of an obsession if you want to change things. But when it comes to exercise, if you do too much too quick, you can injure yourself. And then you don't go back to the gym. Or then you have to take a break from work. So um, modify it as you need to. That's my recommendation to you. And... Don't do too much, too quick. But if you feel like you could do more than adding, you know, five to ten minutes a week of physical activity to add to your neat time, then go for it. Um, if you notice that maybe you're feeling some muscle fatigue, you're getting cranky at people, you're short with people, you might be exercising too much if you're feeling like it's... Um, getting like almost like an obsessive format where you're going to get mad for missing your workouts or whatever. Um, it should be enjoyable. If you're taking care of yourself, you know, get, get a buddy involved if you like to move with people. Um, we did, when I, when I worked with the U.S. Army and Air Force as a part of a research team for the uh, MWR where the uh, armed, well, they kept changing the name. I think it was Armed Forces Wellness Center or the Wellness Center, AWC. <clears throat> so we did a lot of meetings because our offices, quote unquote, were in a gym. So they wanted us to role model what we were talking about, moving more. So we would walk around the perimeter. They had a little track up above from Jensen Gym and Fort Lewis's side. And uh, we would walk around and we would have our meetings. We would take a 10 minute break and learn more about our colleagues that we were working with. I had such a neat time. It was really challenging for me also because it was, uh, it was different from teaching. We didn't have the same kind of structured schedule. A lot of it was ever moving parts and I was learning how to be more resilient after uh, the year prior to that, having five part-time jobs and surviving that. Uh, it was it was not easy, but adding adding more neat time. <clears throat> when I went to that conference and heard about it, I was like, "Ah, oh, this makes sense. This makes sense." So, encourage you, whatever your job is, whatever your role in life is right now. If you're a stay-at-home parent or you are a career professional, um, is to add more movement in your day and if you could do that on a regular basis you're going to see the benefits it's going to be evident uh, both in the psychological benefits but you're going to see benefits all across domains uh, you're going to sleep better if you add more movement to your day. So if you're struggling with your sleep, uh, if you can add more, more uh, neat time, that's gonna help with that. If you add more neat time, it's gonna cause you to lose some weight. It's a natural cause and effect, calories in, calories out. If you are burning more calories than you are consuming, you will lose weight. And that means that you're gonna fit in your clothing better. If you lose a ton of weight, you might have to 
shop for new clothes. And if money is an issue, um, you know, go to thrift stores. Or some people are really getting into sewing. I've seen a lot of a lot of sewing kits and a lot of crocheting going on. A lot of people are getting back to the basics, which I, th I think is really cool. It's really neat. Neat. <laughs> um, we spoke about the neat factors in the uh, third group therapy program I designed when I worked at the psych hospital where Move Happy first began. I shared it with the patients because at that time, the Time magazine had a special edition release of the benefits of exercise. And so I had purchased it and I was sharing with them some of the articles from it. And then I shared just like I shared with you listening about going and attending this conference and hearing from this keynote speaker who invented this life-changing, you know, biz completely business-transforming uh, product invention, right? Um, the treadmill desk. We had spoken about it in that group. And one neat thing I had shared with them as well, uh, the treadmill desk if you look online, like they're a few thousand dollars brand new, but you can make your own. If you have the tools, if you are knowledgeable about those kinds of things, um, I wouldn't do it myself, but I, I could ask someone else to do it. Um, what you could do is look for an older treadmill online that still works, maybe go on to Marketplace, a couple hundred bucks, maybe even free. Ask them if it still runs, what are, what are the problems with it. Um, and you cut the top part and you put a wood board on it. And then you um, have the, the speedometer part. I don't know what it's called, but the, the part that connects the electronics part that goes on top. You might have to loosen the electrical cords, but that's what one of our nurses did at the Wellness Center, uh, Nurse Lynn Larson. She was our second in command. And all, all of the top leadership traveled from all over the nation and they, every single meeting they showed her, she wanted to show the treadmill desk to them to give them a real life example of what they could do in the work office. She lost like 65 pounds just walking, I think she said it was like 1.5 or 1.7 miles per hour as she would chart notes during the workday, because she had a different responsibility than what we did with the patients. She did see and do some appointments, but uh, she had a lot of responsibilities. So that was something that she decided to do because she had one kidney. She had donated it to another person. And so her body and the kidneys helped to uh, help provide filtration for the body and um, cleanse the toxins out of the body. And when you only have one, then it's doing twice the work. And so uh, she already had heightened risk for cancer and all kinds of conditions. And so she wanted to take care of her body and do it in a way that she could manage it during the workday. She was a great role model example of adding neat time to your day. And I'm grateful that I got to work with this team. Um, most of the team were veteran spouses. It was all women. A couple of them were not but for the most part, I got to work with 
really cool, smart, intelligent people. And we got to coach. Uh, the first people we coached were the top-level officers because they wanted to make sure we were knowledgeable about what we were doing uh, before they would send their soldiers, their active-duty soldiers, or sending retired veterans to us um, or their spouses and whatnot. And I'm so grateful for this experience because I was paid. I was a paid health coach, wellness coach. And the reason why I was on the team was because I was the only one that was certified in the American College of Sports Medicine out of all nine of us because I listened to the advice of my undergraduate professor, Dr. Hacker. And when I had the money, I saved up for it. I studied my butt off and I got certified my second year in graduate school while working across two state lines, while being a quote-unquote step-parent, we weren't married yet, um, substituting two days a week in Washington, completing my master's project, Project Asthma, five songs, five dances, curriculum, getting invited to the regional conference for AFERD, the American College of, uh, the AFERD, what does it stand for? American Alliance for Health, Physical Education, Recreation, and Dance. They changed names to Shape America. I was the only person on their roster to present to all teachers across, I believe, five states about dance. Something that I created out of nothing. The creator has put his hand of favor over my life. And unfortunately, I couldn't present my signature song and dance at this event because the economy was so bad that they didn't offer me to pay for any of it. They wanted me to pay registration fee to be a member, pay for the event to then present my event. I would have to drive or fly to Montana, and I was just let go from the school district because of budget cuts, <laughs> even though I had done my part and had a guaranteed teaching contract. They let me go, so I had zero income coming in. And But I know that I was invited to present my own creation. And during 2020, eight years later, because I was in 2012, eight years later, I had shared a post about it on LinkedIn during the heightened success of my growth, my brand, we expanded to across three continents through an internship partnership through universities because I have learned to be resourceful through my whole life. And when I was, quote unquote, being protected off the grid, part of that team, their assignment was to steal all five of my handwritten songs, thinking that I wouldn't notice. They had infiltrated a part of the team that was protecting me. But the creator reveals things to me. And it's okay. Because uh, my hero that protected me uh, became my husband this year. And... He's helped me to stay cool, calm, and collected. We haven't seen each other since Easter, but I know we'll be reunited one day. 
And he's helped to remind me that none of this, none of this world, none of these things that we have belong to us. So I've learned to detach because the creator gave me those songs, poured those songs through me. The signature song and dance that I was going to present at this conference, the musical track in the background was actually one of my brother's musical connections. And um, I had gotten permission to use their track. I gave them credits in it. And the neatest thing about this whole thing, my brother produced all five of the songs. This was a brother and sister project. This was a family project. And my brother didn't have any college degrees. He could have easily, but he taught himself everything in the music industry. And our family has been attacked for a long time. Long, long time. And they've, they have tried and attempted to separate us by personifying and all kinds of cyber warfare. But one day my brother, I know, will be honored for all of the work he has contributed to in the music industry. And I don't need honor publicly. I just want the Judas in the circle to apologize in front of our top-level leadership, apologize for forcing my husband and I to separate in our newlywed year, and all of the lies he has allowed across the nation to disrupt hundreds of families. Through lies, deception, cheating, because he has lost his way. He has forgotten his values, his valor that he says he has as a part of his nonprofit, his honor that he says. He has forgotten his way, but he still has an opportunity to turn his life around and make his wrongs right. He is running out of time, but it's never too late. I think Bill Cosby said this. It's never too late to do the right thing. I spend every day doing something to add neat time because I know that it helps keep me of sound mind when I've had to deal with cyber theft, when I've had to deal with a person that has a PhD in ministry that paid to take me out of this world, when I've had to deal for almost two years by myself with all this cyber theft and then getting married to this leader in this organization that tried to retire himself, but they wouldn't let him, thinking that that would stop the thefts. But they don't even care about their own people <laughs> within their organization. Um, some of them don't, I should say. There's, there's some poison on the team that needs to be removed. And I don't mean killed. I mean... They need to apologize in front of our top-level leadership. They need to be reminded that it is a privilege to live here in the United States of America.
and that everyone has accountability and checks and balances. So many people lost their jobs and their income was shaky in 2020. And uh, when I first met my hero of 2020, he said, money changes people. It makes people horrible. And I said, no, it doesn't. Money does not make people bad or good. Money is, is a resource. It accelerates who a person already is. Because I had the opportunity for a very large financially backed medical organization wanted to pay me for my network and my networking abilities. And we were in the process of getting a contract drafted up. And my first, first thought was not how much I'm going to receive. My first thought was how many people can we get jobs for? How many jobs can we create? That was my first thought. I trust myself around having more access to more resources. And when the creator believes the time is right, it will be so. I'm incredibly grateful at how much the creator has been able to do without any access to real money because the creator is in charge of it all. And that's what's been frustrating this team of people that have been attacking me for two years. Because they're like, why? How does she keep getting all these people to say yes? It's not me that's doing anything. The creator is working through me because the creator sees my heart and my intention and knows the future and is incredibly excited about all the things that will come. And you should also be excited for your life. And how outstanding it could be if you choose to lean into your area of strength. What is that for you? I encourage you to add more neat time to your day, non-exercise activity time, where you are moving your body. <clears throat> for some people like myself, um, having quiet time where there's no conversations around, having some like meditative music and whatnot, that helps me to get into a creative channeling opportunity where songs come through, therapies come through. Um, I'm encouraged sometimes to reach out to people that are hurting. Uh, some people, however, are different in that they need to be around others and have that energy, that social connection. Um, I need a little bit of it, but in order to have my creative juices flowing, I have to be by myself. So know yourself, know what your needs are, and, and create that environment for you 
to be able to receive direction for your life on a daily basis, whether it's whether your deity is the creator of the universe, uh, however you identify uh, your belief system, what is greater than your circumstances. I believe time and time again, there's been so many miracles that have continued to occur in my life. I am grateful to be alive. And if I didn't uh, wake up tomorrow, I have lived a good life. But I, I don't believe that uh, the creator desires for me to be gone just yet. So I continue planning and having intentional focus and dreams and goals and ambitions. And I'm not just leaving them in a book somewhere, not taking action daily. I, I move intentionally every single day and I move intentionally based on what I believe the creator desires for me to focus on in that particular moment. So uh, I encourage you to do that as well and to not just focus on your future, but to really take time to enjoy today, right now, this moment. So if you're feeling overwhelmed about your future, maybe you got a baby on the way, maybe you got a new job on the way, take some time, take some deep breaths, find a space to add some neat time that you enjoy. Maybe it's walking more. Maybe it's stretching more. Whatever that is for you, do a little bit more today and tomorrow and maybe bring a friend and see how that can over time positively impact your day, your health, your weight, your mood, all kinds of, all kinds, all kinds of things, tons of benefits. And along with that, of course, make sure you're getting plenty of Water, And if you live in a country where there's access to clean water, be grateful for that. There's many places all around the world that still do not have access in 2022 to clean water. And we're making ways to, to change that. But we still got a long ways to go. If all the mega rich people in the world shared a little bit of their wealth, and no one would be hungry in the world. No one would be thirsty in the world. Um, but it is what it is, and so we do what we can to uh, change our world around us as best we can. All right. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. We hope that we added value to you. We hope that you learned something on the episode. And if you did learn a thing or two, it would mean the world to us if you would share it on social media, maybe screenshot a certain part that really stood out to you, write a couple of sentences and tag us and share it with a friend that you think might be struggling right now in their life. We, um, we all need a good friend. We all need people reaching out to us. And I'm grateful for our all of you that have been listening to the show regularly and consistently, or maybe you're brand new uh, to the brand and hearing it for the first time. I still don't know how it's possible, but you guys have helped to get us in the top 10% ranking in the world across all categories of shows, 
podcast show. So thank you. Um, in order to say thank you properly, uh, I, I love to sing and love to share my musical gifts and bring people together. So we're doing a fun listening room competition. And uh, as soon as the Judas in our circle corrects the wrong, uh, we'll officially send invites out again. Uh, but our first tiered level of download competition is the 10,000 mark. So you can see where we're at from any computer or laptop 24-7. Just go to the movehappy.podbean.com. That's T-H-E-M-O-V-E-H-A-P-P-Y.P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. And uh, you'll get access to seeing the downloads, and uh, 10,000 is our first tiered level. Listening room competition is something fun um, I had heard about from my brother when he was first pursuing music in his like first year or two. He got access to a listening room where Beyonce was in the room because he was doing really well. He was working really hard and he had a lot of favor on his life and uh, he texted me when I was when I was in college in my undergrad and he's like you'll never guess who's in this room and uh, that's how I imagine he was um, feeling really excited he never reached out first um, so for him to reach out I knew it was somebody big and I was like is it Mariah Carey because that's my number one singer of all time he said nope one more guess and I was like shut the front door it's not Beyonce he's like yep Beyonce is in the room with her five bodyguards around her. I was like, holy moly, that is so freaking cool. Um, a huge fan of Destiny's Child. Uh, their CD came out, the writings on the wall came out when I was in junior high and all of my friends loved it because every single track was good. There was no wasted track on there. Uh, in the Italian transitions between the, uh, the little mafia sound between, <laughs> between the tracks was so dope. Um, so if you haven't heard that CD, go listen to it. And we want to honor you with this listening room experience. It would be neat if uh, Beyonce came and shared some of her music. Oh my gosh, that'd be so freaking cool. Uh, or anyone in the music industry that wants to share their new music. Um, I don't have access like to her personally, uh, but I'm sure someone in my network could connect with some pretty cool musical artists uh, to be a part of this as well so we're not we're not turning down anyone uh, that wants to be a part of it um, all political parties all religious faith systems all sexual orientations are welcome genders of course um, for the listening room competition if kids are involved uh, we just ask that the kinds of music that you Share is something that uh, your grandparents would be fine with. Just ask yourself, maybe your great-grandparents. Um, would I be okay with sharing this song with them in the room? And if not, then you might pick a different song. So, uh, themovehappy.podbean.com. Check out the downloads, share the show, and join us at the listening room competition. Love you guys. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. And we'll see you next time.